Hi, I'm Dave Menachetti from YNT. We started out playing, just like everybody else, doing a couple hundred people in a club or something like that. And uh, the club scene back in 74, 75, 76, it was in, in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, it was awesome. You're listening to The Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. All right, welcome to the Grown Up Rock album series. Here we go. This week, we've got Y&T's Mean Street, and I am super excited about this one because after the Billy Joels and the Rod Stewarts were back to rock and roll, and this one, we've got the much younger, much wiser, and much better looking Pooney involved. We welcome to the podcast, Danny Pooney. Sonny Pooney's younger brother. What's going on, Danny? Hey, everyone. Thank you for letting me uh, hang out with you guys for a little while. Uh, super excited about this. Love YMT and love Mean Street. So looking forward to talking about it. This will be a fun one, right, Pooney? Oh, yeah. One of my top 10 bands. I think I brainwashed Danny into it anyway. And nobody said he was a better looking Pooney except for him. I know who's a better looking Pooney. It's me. I've seen you both. Mm, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I'm the better poker player. I'm the better basketball player. I'm the smarter one. Oh, no, not true. Like it's, uh, if anything, you just did those things before me because you're 30 years older, but that's about it. <laughs> well, he's definitely got size on you, uh, Danny. So I don't know. He might check you underneath the hoop. Oh yeah. It's uh, I'm sure dislodging is a foul. That, that's something he committed regularly. All right, so we're going to keep this episode all in the family. And Danny, let's start with you. What is your history with Y&T, the band, but also your history with this album, Mean Street, in particular? Yeah, with, uh, with Y&T, uh, grown up in the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco, East Bay, it's, uh, Y&T was always around. Uh, when I got into music, uh, started listening to hair metal, hard rock, Y&T was always a, a band I would hear about on a regular basis. Of course, uh, growing up with Sonny, we shared a room for many, many years. I was definitely brainwashed on many bands, and, and Y&T was a long string of them, was part of that string. And what was funny is, like, my earliest, earliest memory, so Mean Street came out in 83, right? And I was seven years old when, when it came out. And I kept hearing Sonny talk about Y&T, Y&T, and honestly, initially, I thought the name's band was Hawaiian Tea. <laughs> like, you know how there's Hawaiian Punch? I thought they were Hawaiian Tea. So I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Okay. And then, you know, he played it and the, the music was, was good. And I was really into it. And of course, eventually find out that it's Y and T, which is an interesting bad name. And then um, really my first entry point for them was, uh, was 1987's Contagious. 
just the, the hair metal, the pop, loved, you know, everything about it. And then from there, I, I started to kind of work my way backward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, then getting into the trifecta for me is Black Tiger, Mean Streak, and then Rock We Trust. Just love those three albums. And finally got to see Y&T. It, it took me quite a while, though. Finally saw my Monsters of Rock tour. I think that was uh, on the cruise. I think that was 2015. And it was everything I thought it would be. Dave Manichetti, amazing. What was so inspiring for me is just when he would play live, it sounded exactly like the album that he had recorded 40 years earlier. So just very impressed. Great singer, great guitar player. Love the band. That's awesome. And Dave has a darker complexion, so I could see where he might be Hawaiian. I mean, it's possible. (laughs) He hits the beach a lot, I think, for sure. And he has those, you know, used to have the braids with the beads in them and stuff. So (laughs) definitely could be mistaken for Samoan at some point. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right, Pooney, we know your history with Y&T, the band. Uh, We've documented that many times on the podcast before. But what about your history with the album Mean Street? So I saw the band first time Halloween 86. So I'm going backwards too now, and I probably pick up Mean Streak, I would think 87-ish is probably when I picked it up. I got the original in my hand. I got the album in my hand right now, and you know the green cover on this pops so much that it was one of the first ones I bought. I didn't have enough money to get everything I wanted to get Y&T because back then, most of the stuff seemed like they were imports, so they were hard to get. Used records weren't really super popular yet. So you couldn't really get it used. Danny, not seeing them live. You got to remember Y&T went off the grid, 90, 91, they're off the grid. So by the time Danny gets old enough, he's still only 15 and 91. So by the time he gets old enough to go see live shows, they're already way off the grid. You're not going to see them. And I've said it before, (laughs) man, if they would have been on the touring circuit heavy, in the 80s and 90s, I could have seen them 120 times if I wanted to. But because they went, you know, off the beaten path, you know, I, luckily I saw them a lot before they went out, but then I didn't see them again for 15, 16 years. Yeah. So for me, Mean Street was my entry point into YT. The song Mean Street was probably the first song that I ever heard by YT. And I became an instant fan after that. So I went and picked up the record. Uh, when it came out in September of 83 and started to work my way backwards to Black Tiger. And yeah, I mean, I, I was an instant fan at that point. I didn't get a chance to see the band live till much, much later, I, the 2000s. I mean, I think it was probably like 2015, 2016, 17, somewhere in around there where I saw the band for the first time live. So definitely much later in their career for me to do that. But been a fan ever since. And, you know, because it's my entry point into Y&T, I think that this is this is my sem- seminal album for them. What do you guys consider the seminal album for Y&T Black Tiger? To a degree, really my favorite outside of Mean Streak is in Rock We Trust, the one right after Mean Streak. Okay. That's uh, kind of more my vibe. And of course, as I mentioned, the Contagious, I thought the, the pop and Contagious was really something that I identified with. What about you, Sonny? 
I've got three Desert Island Y&T albums, Black Tiger, Mean Streak, and Down for the Count. Those are my three. And I like all the others, don't get me wrong, but if it comes to I'm going to drop the needle and not pick it back up, those are the three that I go to. When I want people to try Y&T, I first have to know, are you like more of a pop fan or are you more of a rock fan? And depending on what I get, in reply, I'll either hand them Black Tiger or I'll hand them Down for the Count or Contagious, right? It just kind of depends on what side of the fence you're on. Please make sure you hit that follow button to subscribe to Growing Up Rock Podcast so you don't miss an episode. All right, well, so let's get into some basic facts about this record as we celebrate the 40th anniversary of Y&T's Mean Street. So the album was released, as I said a little earlier, in September of 83. It was recorded that same year in 83. The length of the record is 41 minutes. The label is A&M Records. This will be their second record with A&M Records and their fifth studio album. The producer was Chris Tangerini's. He's very famous producer, has done a lot of stuff with bands like Judas Priest and Tigers of Peng Tang, Anvil, a lot of like new wave of British heavy metal. So he's a good rock producer. He knew what he was doing for this record. The album peaked on Billboard at 103. So I don't know that that's very successful mainly off the back of probably the title track, Mean Street. The deal with this record is that they had laid a good foundation with Black Tiger. They were doing well in Europe, but A&M really was pushing the band to go more of a pop route and give them hit singles, what every record company pushes bands to do so that they could not only do well in Europe, but they wanted them to do better in the u.s and they didn't feel like they had anything that they could push to radio in the u.s so that's why they kept pushing for radio friendly songs and even though yt's mean street the song was uh sort of a hit at rock radio and gave them their first video for mtv i don't think it was a major radio hit and that's what the record company kept pushing for the band at this point in time consists of the classic lineup, which is Dave Menachetti on guitar and vocals, Joey Alves on guitar and vocals, Phil Kenamore on bass and vocals, and Leonard Hayes on drums. Let's talk about this album artwork. So the cover was done by an artist named John Taylor Dismukes. Uh, His paintings have been used as record album covers, film posters, graphic novel covers. So he's done a lot of different work for various artists. I really like this record album cover. Sonny, what's your thoughts on this cover? Dude, the green absolutely pops with that yellow. There's basically, you got three colors and a hint of another color, right? You got yellow, you got green, you got red and then just a hint of some black and the venom tie, uh, you know mm-hmm. kind of drawing out mean streak i mean jesus this album cover is awesome one of the best ones i own yeah it's very cool mechanical uh looking snake thing it just it does just pop right off the record shelves 
Danny, what's your opinion of this album cover? Yeah, of the YNT album covers of this era, right? There's the Black Tiger one, Mean Streak, and Rock We Trust, even Down for the Count. This one for Mean Streak is by far the top one. It is a bad-ass cover. You've got the Cobra right there with its forked tongue spelling out Mean Streak. It is just a badass. It's something that if you had a tattoo of this, if you were rocking a shirt with this, it would gain some attention and people would go, wow, this person's a, a bad mamma jamma. It's just the epitome of what you want a rock and roll record to look like. Yeah, I agree. It's my favorite of the Y&T album covers for sure. I like Black Tiger a lot, but this one, because it was my first, probably I'm a little bit more partial to it. Some of the other album covers that this artist has done is he did The Right to Rock. He did Foreigner. He did Grateful Dead. He did Steppenwolf. He's done movie posters, Charlotte's Web, Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome, Star Trek, Star Wars, Boba Fett, Lithiographs. He's done a lot of different stuff for people. So he's definitely seen his share of work over a period of time. But I just, I absolutely love the YT logo. The reds, the greens, the oranges, the mechanical snake. It's just, it's its a super cool looking poster for sure. The back of the album. So the pictures, you know, not all these guys are what you would call handsome men. <laughs> Dave and Phil are good looking guys with the other two. Eh. So the live shots and, you know, Leonard from afar. That, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, very true. Not the most photogenic folks in the world. Um, even Dave, like sometimes it depends on the angle and the lighting that you got, but you can kind of see why they weren't so video friendly uh, in the 80s as well. Steven, isn't the A in A&M that Herb Albert guy? That is correct. Herb Albert and um, Jerry Moss, right? Jerry Moss, yeah. So in the special thanks to? Jerry Moss is in there. Uh, Herb name not in there. Well, Herb didn't really have anything to do with the band getting signed. Uh, and they talk about that a little bit in the documentary. Basically, their dealings with A&M were through the, um, the A&R guy for A&M at the time, which was uh, uh, Shulman, I think was his last name. Not Derek Shulman, but another Shulman. And uh, they dealt with Jerry Moss primarily. So that's why Herb Albert's name probably wasn't mentioned in there a whole lot. Interesting. And by the way, there's a great documentary out there somewhere on A&M Records uh, that I find really fascinating. It's, it's quite a good watch if you get a chance to check it out. I don't know what it's called. Just, I don't know, Google A&M Records documentary and uh, it'll pop up somewhere. I saw it for free on one of the streaming services, but it's well worth the watch if you like that kind of stuff. Like what you're hearing? Share this episode out. Post it to your favorite social network and let people know you're listening to the Growing Up Rock podcast. It will help us grow and we greatly appreciate it. Okay, so getting to the tracks, the title track is first, Mean Streak, and Danny, first of all, I love this track. I want to get your thoughts on it. But I wanted to tell you that even though I've been listening to this just as long as you have in my life, I always thought the line was, those fuckers will take you. 
and that line is actually how far does it take you i've been singing those fuckers will take you for 40 years maybe the line you wanted was in the hawaiian islands along with danny (laughs) maybe (laughs) (laughs) danny your thoughts on the song yeah, so it's, uh, you know, Mean Streak is just one of those strong, it starts off with an amazing riff, right? Just, it's outstanding. The line I personally love from here is that she spend your money so fast that you never see the green, right? Like, how awesome is that? And the harmonies during the course, the solo, the, the one thing about this song, though, that I always kind of had a little issue with is just the way it ended. It has so, like, the balls are huge during this entire song, but at the end, it kind of it stops with a whimpering mean street. It's like, oh, that could have ended so much harder. But in general, a song's amazing. It's just a total rocker. So all that was happening, it was the U.S. that wasn't, and we were at that time on A&M Records, and A&M U.S., not those other places, A&M U.S. had no clue what to do with this. They were absolutely like, who was the A&R guy that signed these guys? You know, do we have heavy metal or heavy rock on our label? What are we going to do with them? And, and we kept giving them songs that were completely radio you know, certainly, certainly ready, radio friendly, who knows, even though we weren't writing that way, it, they, were, they were of the times of who else was out there on radio. It was, it was happening. Mean Streak and, and all these different songs. But And then, Stephen, I think you would agree with me. A feisty woman is cool. A mean woman, not so cool. <laughs> nobody likes a mean woman, and nobody likes a mean woman that spends money so quick you don't get to see the green man. Stay away from them kind of women. <laughs> I think I heard somewhere that they wrote this about Joey's girlfriend or something. I may be wrong about that, but it seems like somewhere that's what I had heard. Anyway, look, like I said, this is the first song I've ever heard. This is what made me a Y&T fan out of the gate. What a great lead-off track. What a powerful lead-off track for an album. I mean, just classic classic Y&T killer song. Love it. The next track we got is Straight Through the Heart. And Danny, what I noticed on this song uh, over the years compared to the first song is the guitar solo on Mean Streak. Like the first half of it is completely uncontrolled. Like you don't even know what the hell he's doing. And then he kind of ends it melodic. This one, 
on straight to the heart is a lot more controlled, right? Yeah, it, I would say more controlled. But what was funny is while I was researching uh, for this episode and listening to the album again, it's, it's been a while. And I remember going, I don't remember this song. And then I remembered why I don't remember it. It's because I hate it and it sucks. <laughs> so it, it was just it's too low tempo for me, especially for a second track. I felt it being boring, a little discombobulated, just something that I think was kind of a filler and honestly, like it, not Dave's best work. That's for sure. And now, growing up rock listeners, you see where it runs in the family. The Pooney family got no filters. They just say it like it is. This song's brutal. This song sucks. There's no let me kiss you on the cheek and ease you into it. It's, God, you blow. (laughs) I'll tell you, Stephen, I completely disagree. Because I think it's a great one-two punch. I love all of the cool drum fills and everything that Leonard's doing. And I love... Stephen, that the guitar melody that's straight through the huh, yes, like, and you get the guitar melody with it. I love it. Straight through the hearts, straight through the hearts. You should be ashamed. Straight through the hearts. Words in the dark. On the things you say. Yeah, and for me, I'm going to have to disagree with the younger and not as bright Poonie, apparently, because uh, I like Straight Through the Heart as well. I like the flow and the groove of the tune, and I think it, it as far as uh, the flow of the record coming from Mean Street into this, it, it flows really well. Uh, so I like the way that that comes together. Uh, I dig the tune. All right, so the next song we got is Lonely Side of Town. And Danny, I thought that if there was going to be any song you didn't like, that this would be the one, because there's a little bit of a new wave of British heavy metal here. Yeah, and you're close. Uh, This is close to the bottom for me, for sure. It it was an okay song. I thought it really had the foundation of something great. I I liked the lyrics, even the phrasing. It just really left me missing something. There, There was just something, I don't know if it was the tempo I thought the solo was pretty good, even though it was kind of on the long side. I wanted to like this more. There just wasn't enough there for me. Yeah. And Stephen, that makes sense. Like if you're into contagious, then this song is really on the other end. Well, you know, for me, and it was a long time since I'd listened to this record. So I had to go back and listen to this record in its entirety several times getting ready for this episode. This was one of the songs I don't remember right off the bat. And this song for me is just sort of, it's okay. I think the guitar solo in it is really good. Dave's playing is always crazy good, though. I mean, I don't think 
Dave has a crappy solo, but this song just didn't do it for me. And it's a little bit on the long side, almost five minutes long. Yeah, it was just okay for me. taken off first in Europe. Um, in fact, we just exploded in the UK in 82 and uh, really started upping our game in, in Europe in 82-83. And uh, Japan was already happening. We were already thrust over there as a headliner right off the bat in 82. All right, so our next track is Midnight in Tokyo. And Danny, if you want Japan forever, all you got to do is write a song called Midnight in Tokyo. 100% right. How smart was it to do this song, right? They're really big in Japan. They just came back from a solid tour there. And just write a song that's going to have that crowd eating out of your hand. So just brilliant. Dave's voice, uh, voice tone, really, really good. I remember hearing this song live, goes over so well. And heck, if you got a, a song with the gong in it, you can't go wrong. <laughs> Steven, to me, you got that beautiful guitar melody at the beginning, but dude, Leonard Hayes, the combination of the cymbals, the gong, the accents, the snare hits, like for those that are listening right now, just go listen to Midnight in Tokyo and try to just listen to what Leonard's doing. Leonard is not my favorite drummer of all time by any means, but there was a reason that Dave really loved him. And this is one of those songs that it comes out in. Steven, I really like this song.
Yeah, I think if you're going to put it together, a playlist for somebody that's never heard Wine Tea, this song is a staple of that playlist, right? If you want it to know what Wine Tea is all about, Midnight in Tokyo is one of those tunes that has to be on that playlist. It's classic Wine Tea. I love the pre-course. I like the call and response. The course is good as well. Dave said this song basically wrote itself. He said, if you listen really well to the lyrics, it basically is a complete story of their time in Tokyo during their first tour when they did do really well. It's a great song. It's a very layered in different feels and it just, it's, it's killer. Yeah. I love it. So then we get to the next song, Breaking Away, and Danny, it's another rocker, but Dave's voice, dude, he's pretty dry on these recordings. There's not a lot of effects on him. It just gives his vocal like a grit, like an edge, like a oomph, like, I don't know, it, it's the cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve. Like there's something about it that it just, I don't know what it is, but it comes out in this song for some reason. Yeah, 100%. It gives Dave uh, credibility of being a rocker. This is a great 80s rocker tune. I uh, really loved how the solo started and how it came in. I, I thought i really call that out. It gets mellow in the middle of the song, but then that's where you really understand. That's where Y&T gets their bluesy rock blues reputation from, just solidified in this song. Great 80s song. Yeah, and Stephen, I'll tell you, uh, and I think I've told you this before. I might have even told Dave this, actually. I am a straight up asshole when it comes to these guitar solos because I know every fucking note. So when they play live, like I'm humming the guitar solo as he's doing it. And like Danny said, God damn, is he dead on most of the time? Thank God. Well, first of all, I'll be clipping the part where you just said you're a straight up asshole <laughs> and it'll stop at that. That's the first part. <laughs> yep. Just made myself a little note next to my editing desk. That's getting clipped. Boom. <laughs> now back to the episode. Anyway, so I just realized that side one, Breaking Away kicks off side two. Side one is only four songs. And if I have any criticism of Y&T or any reason why uh, they may have not done as well as they, they should have. These songs for Rock Band in 1983, I think, are a little too long. When you've got four and a half, five-minute songs, I, I don't think that that's necessarily the right thing for a band of this nature. So, that's my only slight criticism. Breaking Away is one of those tunes that when I saw the track listing, I was like, I don't remember that tune. I'm looking forward to hearing that. And this was one of the surprise, oh yeah, that tune. I really like this tune. I love the drop to halftime right before the course. It's killer. I like the riff. I just think it's a great song. I really, really enjoyed Breaking Away. It's a good way to start off the second side. And it's one of those songs that, you know, I always like those surprises where you don't necessarily remember it, but it's a nice surprise. It's a good surprise. And Breaking Away was that for me. So, yeah, I dig it. 
You can help out the podcast greatly by leaving us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Spotify. The links are in the show notes, or just drop us a line at our email, growinguprock at gmail.com. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. So then we get to hang them high and Danny, this is interesting because this is to me, they're opposites, but it's an anthem type song and I love that. But then man, do I love that survive with the guitar melody, right? And then he does it with sky. Like they're two opposite things that are coming together. God damn. Do I love this song? Damn right. Hang them high. Great, great song. The guitar is just screaming throughout this entire tune. Just amazing. Great flowing chorus. It gets a little mellow uh, in the middle there, but it builds up to the solo. Yeah, it makes the song a little bit longer, but an amazing solo for me. And uh, Hayes, for me, kills it on this song. You can really hear uh, his tone and what he's doing to the drums. Absolutely love this song. And uh, at some point when we changed from A&M Records to Geffen in 86, 87, um, they had all these great 
things that really were going to do for us. And there's like, finally, you know, like John Kaladner said, he goes, my niece could have broke summertime girls bigger, better than A&M records. Those guys were stupid, you know, right? And he goes, but I want you guys to go back to the way you were in 82, 81, and just write the riffs and write the songs that you want to do. And we're going to, we're going to take you the rest of the way. So we released in 87, Contagious, at the same time that Geffen released the first Guns N' Roses record. Guess who got priority big time? And White Snake, you know, their, their big, you know, record to come back and so on and so forth, all at the same time. So, you know, that was, that was disappointing, especially considering we'd finally gotten off of a record company that in the States didn't understand us and went with somebody that does understand our style of music. But now we're still getting dissed, you know, even though it, it wasn't intentional per se, it happened. And Steven, that uh, Danny was talking about that breakdown that Bill's in the guitar solo. Man, the way they do it, though, you feel like you're about to get your ass kicked in this solo. Yeah, it's a three-peat for me. Balls out, rocker. Love it. I like the change coming out of the course also before going back into the verses. All that stuff that you talked about, Sonny, yeah, it's just a really, really kick-ass song. So the next song we got is take you to the limit and Danny this is you were talking about the blues before this is where I see more of his blues and jazz because there's volume swells and little earworm notes and little thing he's doing with his vocals every once in a while like they're all over the song yeah this is just uh, shows some of the best of what Dave can do total bluesy vibe it's like lyrical gymnastics almost because he's storytelling and you're following along you can visualize what he's talking about, just a great finger thumper all the way along. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Stephen, lyrically, so I've said it before, Y&T can hide the dirty in their lyrics a little bit, so follow me here, because th these are some of the lyrics. Credit card in her black percent. I don't even know what that is. Golden diamonds, only the best. With a quarter time walk, makes you bite your lip. Melts me with a rhythm that's so tragically hip, right? Later he says, says her sugar daddy's not at home. She took me there so we could be alone. My thoughts were racing with a burning desire. My blood was boiling and my heart was so fire. Her eyes smiled as she touched my hand. It was language I could understand when she whispered by the baby grand, take me, make me. Like it's... Dude, you could really make it's it poetry. dirty if you wanted to. That's amazing. Pure poetry. Pure poetry. Black corset, is that what it was? A purset. Purset. Yeah. I don't know what a purset is. A corset. Uh, yeah. I mean, corsets are things that are tight around sort of the boostier, right? Boostier? What are you, 80? Well, it's the it's the thing that they tie that goes around the woman's midsection and then also boost up her her uh assets so i Boostier. swear to god between boostier and mama jamma we're like in the 70s what the hell is going on on this podcast <laughs> Perset, corset boostier i love them all wow. it's all good <laughs> i love the driving beat of take you to the limit i love the song i love the build at the beginning i love the tune it's awesome
interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight! Oh man, I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, next tune, we got Sentimental Fool. And Danny, I think here's where you really hear how great Dave Lee is vocally because his vocal is kind of driving this thing. And that whole him getting jilted by another, that's a common theme in Y&T songwriting for sure. Yeah, this is another one of those great sing-along songs. Uh, lyrics you can relate to. It feels authentic. You can feel his pain to a degree. I thought the solo's tempo it didn't really match because uh, it went from slow to mid to, to then suddenly a guitar-ripping solo. But overall, you can just really feel the emotion in the song. And Stephen, we haven't really talked about it, but a lot of these songs, dude, they got a groove, man. And that's, I think that's what I fell in love with Y&T. It's what I love about Extreme. It's what I love about Great White. It's what I love about White Snakes. I guess it's the blues. I guess that's what's great in the groove. Yeah, you know, I think when I listened back to this record uh, and it hit me on Sentimental Fool is just when you hear a lot of the dual harmony guitars at the beginning of songs and kind of going into songs, I immediately Thin Lizzy comes to mind to me because that's a very Thin Lizzy trait, but it's also a very Y&T trait. And it's in a lot of their songs that that dual harmony guitar parts that I mean, it's just in so many of their tunes to me. It's a good tune. You know, it's OK for me. Yes, can 
then we get to the last track on the original pressing, Down and Dirty. And Danny, well, I guess at some point you're going to get the sleazy Y&T, and that's what this is. Yeah. In general, I thought it was a good rocker. The chorus, though, could have been better. It felt kind of lazy in that space. But again, lyrics that you can relate to, you can visualize, you probably lived it to a degree. Totally love the solo on this one. It's short, but it's pretty crunchy. And then did you like the laughing at the end, Danny? I thought it was weird. Yeah, that's always awkward to me when when the songs add stuff like that. Yeah. And then Steven, fun party song, but the whole roll me in the mud, baby. Again, I'm telling you, they're hiding the dirty. I don't think they're hiding it at all. (laughs) Not on this song. It's in the title, for God's sakes. Down and dirty. (laughs) look i love these type songs i don't think there's anything special about this song but i love it and i think they still play this one once in a while to this day Uh, i think i remember it in the set on one of the more uh sailings uh yeah you know it's a fun party song that's why When we, you know, when we were dressing for shows and everything, we we're trying to look the best that we could. But it wasn't about, you know, super big hair or anything like that. It was just about, you know, put something decent on because, like our bass player said, who was sort of the style guy of the band, he was like, "We shouldn't look like the guys that are watching us. We should look like we dressed to be on stage." And so we did. And and we, you know, we dressed reasonably well, and we were all decent-looking guys and everything. But that was just the part that you had to do because you were entertainers but beyond that it was 95 percent about the music and the musicianship and that's all that we cared about all right so before we get to our final thoughts and we want to get everybody's top two bottom two i will tell you that the cd has a bonus song called i'm sorry and i'm sorry if you've ever had to hear that song they made a great decision (laughs) to cut that song and not put it on the regular album because it is not a great song Okay, so don't bother going and checking that out because it's not, it feels like the first song they might ever wrote. 100% right. The lyrics were so horrible. It's like I wrote it. It's just so bad. <laughs> I've not even heard it. Is it a rocker or a ballad or what? Uh, both. Okay. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> All right. 
So final thoughts for me, and then I'll share my top two, bottom two, and then I'll have Danny go next. Final thoughts for me. A great follow-up to Black Tiger. It's a Desert Island album for me. I love this album. I hear it at least once a month every year since 86, right? 86, 87. But I listen to a lot of Y&T, and you you look at my Spotify data, it's all Y&T basically. So my top two are easy. Mean Streak, Hang Em High. They're killer songs. They should be in the set list all the time. Mean Streak usually is. Hang Them High is hit and miss, depending on when you see them. My bottom two were very, very difficult to pick because it's a Desert Island album. Down and Dirty is easy because it's not as, I don't think it's as um, well-rounded as the other songs. It's a little more sleazy. But the other one that I went with, which most people would probably disagree, is actually Midnight in Tokyo because it gets a little long in the tooth. That's the only reason. But I actually love all nine songs on this album. Danny, final thoughts and top two, bottom two. Yeah, for me, this is definitely on the Mount Rushmore uh, Y&T albums. This is when they were, to quote a, a sunny term, in their bang zone. They were just killing it. The writing, the guitar, the vocals, the lyrics, all of it. It was just really, really at its peak. Uh, for me, when I go top two, it's it's the rockers, right? It's Mean Streak and Hang em High uh, as well. But for me on the bottom two, you know, based off of uh, what I had said, Straight Through the Heart and Lonely Side of Town, just uh, just wasn't feeling it. I could have done without those two. Steven, how about you? Top two for me is Mean Street and Hang em High. Love them. And bottom two for me is Lonely Side of Town and Sentimental Fool, mainly because they're a little bit slower. And I mean, they're okay. They just don't do it like some of the other tunes for me and your final thoughts on the album final thoughts on the album is like i said this was my entry point into y&t it's essentially what made me a y&t fan and so for me it's i don't know if it's my favorite y&t record but when somebody asked me about y&t it's the first one that comes to mind so it's that important to me as a y&t fan it's also when to me sort of the band i think solidified their sound they had been going these years before this but this to me is is the record where they've really solidified their sound going forward so i love it and i'll I'll say at the end i agree that it solidified their sound And I think I also agree that that solidified sound wasn't going to sell any albums, right? So somebody had to come and go, guys, I I get you. You're great. And I love you. But if you want mass appeal, you're going to have to write Summertime Girls. This thing going to work. I don't know that I would have ever looked at it that way, but I agree with that. Hey, Hollywood, you know what time it is. Let's connect it to Kiss. So for the Kiss Connection, we're going to stick with the 1983 theme since we are uh, celebrating 40 years of these albums. So we're going to go with a song off of Lick It Up. So here is Vinnie Vincent on guitar, Eric Carr on drums, Paul Stanley on guitar, and the demon himself, 
Gene Simmons on vocals and bass with a deep track off of Lick It Up and on the eighth day. So I think I've said it before. This one was a Vinnie Vincent composition, right? Yeah. Didn't he redo this himself? Yeah. So I pretty much like this whole record. So it's a spoiler alert. There, <laughs> There's nothing off a of Lick It Up that I don't really like. Uh, and this is no exception on the eighth day. I think this is the last track on the record, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. And Stephen, I'm with you 100%. There is nothing on this album that is skippable. This is by far my favorite Kiss record. And this song just completely rocks. So underrated. It's a travesty that more people don't know about this song. I like what this song is about, right? I kind of like the idea of this song. On the eighth day, God created rock and roll. I just, I like the idea of the, the whole idea of the song. And what's interesting to me is I think it could have been their next rock and roll all night, right? It's got that anthemic bring people together, fuck the man, you know, whatever you're kind of uh, thinking about in rock music or this rebel rock or whatever it is. But it just never came out that way because it's just a little too dirty and gritty and doesn't have that polish that was going to put it on radio. But I'll tell you, they had Vinnie Vincent under control a little bit because you don't get a Bumblebee solo here. So whether he liked being controlled, that's a whole different issue. But uh, I really do like the song. He never likes being controlled. You know the answer to that one. <laughs> and I thought that the next rock and roll all night was going to be I Pledge the Allegiance to Rock and Roll. <laughs> that's, that's a good <laughs> to the, song. To the, state, to the state of rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the next rock and roll all night. <laughs> all right. So. As we've said, all year long, we are celebrating albums that are celebrating their 40th anniversary. We picked five and let listeners pick two, I think. And so that's what this year is all about. So we've sort of touched rock and roll in a whole bunch of different places with uh, albums like Billy Joel and Rod Stewart and Metallica and Dio and things such as that. But uh, this month, we're bringing it back to the uh, hard rock market and hitting up Y&T, which obviously, if you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you know both Sonny and I are huge Y&T fans. So this was a fun one for me. And 
like I said, we got the younger and uh, better looking and wiser Pooney on the podcast with us. And we kept it all in the family with Danny uh, joining us. So thank you, Danny, for uh, lending your time to this podcast. No, thank you, gentlemen. This was a ton of fun. It was great to get re-acclimated with YNT's Mean Streak. And uh, you guys are killing it. I appreciate it. And thank you so much. Sonny, do you have anything you want to add before we get up on out of here for this month's album series? No, I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, I text Danny and said, hey, we're doing a YNT album. We're doing a Mean Streak. You want to do? I don't think I finished the text. And I got back, yeah. He hasn't answered a text I sent him three and a half years ago, but I answered him something about Y&T, and it's like next minute. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's probably how it went down. Not going to lie. <laughs> well, we're glad you did. It's been fun revisiting this album because, like I said, there were a handful of songs off this record that I just don't necessarily recall because it was so long since I listened to this record in total. And I was glad to revisit some of those songs because there's definitely some gems on there that don't get talked about often. Uh, you know, songs uh, that I ended up liking, like Breakaway and like. Uh, take you to the limit and down and dirty and so on so uh that was cool all right well that's it until next week see ya later it's time to shuffle rattle and roll us out of here get ready to turn it up Growing Up Rock is a proud member of the Pantheon Network. Pantheon is the place for music lovers. Check us out along with many other great music podcasts on the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.